Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. We are in our week two of our committed series. Last week, we talked about being committed to God. And and Pastor Jeremy did a great job of kicking off this series and really talking about what does it really look like to be committed to God and to not be a lukewarm Christian and to not just kind of sit on the fence, but but it's better to be cold or hot than lukewarm as a Christian. And it was so challenging, so convicting to really kind of buy all in and commit all the way to our relationship with God. And so that was past week. If you missed last week, go catch it on a podcast, go to our YouTube channel. But this week we are talking about commitment to our friends. So Pastor Jeremy and Miss Corey, we're going to speak today and they're going to talk about kind of commitment and marriage and they're going to do that next week. And so you want to make sure you're here next week. It's going to be great. I can't wait to hear where they go. But this week we're going to talk about commitment with friends. There have been two times in my life only two that I have been punched in the face. Like not like friends messing around and like you kind of shove each other and someone accidentally like gets you in the face. Like legitimately someone closed fist, not open hand, closed fist, like legitimately punched me in the face. One of them, I was 16 years old and I was at a summer camp and one of my best friends in the world to this day still he got really, really sunburned. Like you remember being 16, you're like, I'm above sunscreen, I'm smarter than the sun, I don't need it. Well, he got fried that day. And so someone thought it would be funny to go up to him, his back was just killing him, and you get it, like you've been sunburned before, like it's miserable to have a shirt on touching your skin. And someone ran up to him as hard as they could and smacked him right on the back. Well, I thought like first, I thought he was gonna pass out from the pain. But then he went into kind of this like Hulk rage mode and he's got a temper. Like he's always had a temper. I've known this about him. And I was like, he's about to kill this guy because he just ran up and smacked him on the back. He's in a ton of pain. And so this guy takes off running. My friend in his Hulk rage anger moments, like I'm gonna go after this guy and I'm gonna make sure he feels every bit of the pain that I just felt. And I'm like, I gotta do something. Because if I don't, my friend's gonna go home. He may kill this other person. It's not gonna be good. So I just kind of reach out and kind of just like grab at his shirt. And I'm like, hey man, you need to just, just settle down, calm down. And in that moment, he just closes his fist, turns and swings and catches me right across the jaw. And it was painful. It was awful. It was miserable. I was angry at him and I was in shock all at the same time because I wasn't the guy who had done it to him. And then I'm the one taking the full brunt of all of his anger. The second time that I got punched was about two years later. I don't know what was going on in my life between like 15 and 19. Evidently, I deserved it a couple of times. But I was about 18 years old. I was a senior in high school and and me and a couple of guys were on our way to someone's house to go pick something up. And, and we had been kind of texting the person that we were going to see and messing with them and making fun of him, picking at him, all this kind of things that teenage guys are so good at doing. And we get to this guy's house and kind of in one motion, he opens the door and he's coming out of the door as he's opening it to punch me right in the shoulder just for some of the things that I had said. And I think he miscalculated like the step down out of the doorway onto his porch. And in doing so, instead of catching me in the shoulder, he caught me right in the mouth. And it was so shocking, like I ring the doorbell, I'm standing there all politely, and like as the door's opening, here comes this fist and catches me right in the mouth. And that second person was Pastor Jeremy. 
It was my youth pastor at the time and I had gone to his house to pick something up and he, my youth pastor at the time, opens the door, fist coming right at my face and catches me, busts both my top and bottom lip. I'm bleeding and I'm like, is this illegal? Like, does he go to jail now? I didn't know what was happening. What did I do? I thought my text wasn't that mean. But I say all of this to say that sometimes there are friendships that, that you go through heartache with. Sometimes there are relationships in our life that, that we really kind of test the boundaries of what is our commitment to this person. And that's really what I want to look at with you today. I want to look at what does it really look like to be committed in our friendships. Because if we think about friendships, a lot of times we think about the number of Facebook friends we have. And if I got to be honest, I've got a lot more Facebook friends than like friendships that I'm actually truly committed to. Like if I had to go through and purge, I could probably get rid of a couple hundred people that I'm like, I'm okay not being that person's friend. I've got some people that just because of like a connection of either ministry or I like worked at a summer camp with somebody one time or I met somebody that knew somebody, like I've got friends that I don't even really know. And so sometimes there's these friendships that we have that we're not really committed to and we have no like sweat equity invested in. But what do we do with the other friendships that we have? What do we do with the friendships that we are really, truly connected to in community with them? I want to look today with you at three attributes of a committed friend. We're going to look at this together. And the first of these attributes is a committed friend celebrates your victories with you. Committed friend celebrates your victories with you. There's a story found in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. The Bible is broken up into two parts. You have the Old Testament, you have the New Testament. The New Testament starts off with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the eyewitness accounts of the life of Jesus. And so the Old Testament is really everything from Genesis and the creation up until Jesus shows up to start the New Testament. And in the Old Testament, there's a bunch of incredible stories. But one of the main characters, if you will, of the Old Testament is David. And David did a bunch of different things, and there's a bunch of different stories connected to David, but one of them is a story, and it connects to what we're talking about today with David and Jonathan. David and Jonathan have a unique friendship. They have a close bond, and I think that there's some incredible things that we can pull out of this story, looking at these three things that we're going to look at today. And the first of them, again, is a committed friend celebrates your victory. So imagine being the son of King Saul. Saul was the king of Israel at the time that David kind of makes his appearance into the narrative of scripture. And Jonathan was Saul's son. And so he's the king's son, which carries with him a pretty big title and probably a lot of power and pull. And, and he can kind of go into a room and pretty much command whatever he wanted commanded because his dad's the king. Like it's, there's no other level of leadership above him other than my dad's king, what I say pretty much goes. If I walk into a room and I want something to happen, I can be like, hey, do that, or I'm gonna go tell my dad, and that's a pretty big deal at that time. And so David shows up, and the, and the Israelite army are they're kind of in this lock with the Philistine army, and the Philistines have this giant named Goliath, and you can read all about this in 1 Samuel chapter 17. I actually preached on that story not too long ago. And so you have this incredible moment where David kills Goliath and he kills him and then he goes up to him and he picks up Goliath's sword and chops his head off with his own sword. Like it's like William Wallace meets Gladiator all in one scene, it's epic. And they have this incredible thing and then they have this amazing victory where they overtake the Philistine army 
And then Saul asked to see David. Saul wants to talk to this great hero, this guy that came that was fearless, that when every other person in the Israelite army was afraid, he wasn't. And Saul brings him to himself and is like, David, this is amazing. I want you to stay with me. I want you to be a part of what we're doing in the kingdom. I want you to be a part of this leadership team that we have. Come be a part of what we're doing. And there's Jonathan. Now imagine, if you will, that you're in this situation where this guy about your age that you don't really have anything in common with because you're royalty and he's this shepherd boy and he comes in and he's like the apple of your dad's eye for a moment, like he is your dad's favorite person. Imagine, if you will, the amount of animosity that you could have built up towards him, the hatred, the jealousy that you could have for this young guy named David, like you're the king's son. You're the guy that you want everybody else in Israel to kind of fear and to have this respect for, and now they all have it for David. But that's not how Jonathan viewed his relationship with David. Look at this in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 1 through 4, coming right off of the conversation in the end of chapter 17 with David and Saul. And it says, after David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family and Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off his robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic, even his sword, his bow, and his belt. David was celebrated by Jonathan. David was, was celebrated by this friend that he had in Jonathan. When I think about that in my life, it's Valentine's Day, and so I'd be remiss if you don't kind of think about the romantic moments of your life. And if you think about what the traditional American wedding looks like. Now, I know there's a bunch of different ways it can look, but if you kind of think about and picture in your head like the traditional stereotypical wedding, you know, you got the bride, she walks down, you got the groom standing up there, he's snotting all over himself because she looks so pretty, and he's standing there, and you got the pastor standing there with him, and the pastor's grinning because he has to because he's in every picture. By the way, if you've never done a wedding, it's an awkward moment to be in when you're the pastor because you know you're in every picture, you better be smiling. And so the pastor's standing there, the groom's standing there, he's wiping tears because he wants to be like manly and not let anybody see him. And the bride gets there and then her dad goes and he sits down after he says, her mother and I give her away. And then they turn and if we were doing a wedding, the pastor would be like right here, right? And then the groom would be here and they're holding hands and they're cheesing, smiling at each other and the bride's over here. And here's one of my favorite pictures of the, the traditional American wedding. One of my favorite aspects of it is as the guy is standing here He's got this group of guys standing behind him. And as the bride is standing here, she's got this group of girls standing behind her. And it's the people that are saying, literally in that moment, I've got your back. It's the people that are literally saying, in one of your biggest moments of life, I am celebrating your victories. I'm celebrating what you're doing. I'm celebrating this accomplishment. I'm here with you. I've got your back. I love that picture. I love in my wedding photos looking at like, who are the guys that were there? What's the relationship that I still have with different one of them? So first thing that a committed friend does is a committed friend celebrates your victories with you. The second thing that a committed friend does is a committed friend speaks well of you. A committed friend speaks well of you. Look at this in 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse 4. So at this point in, in Scripture, Saul's starting to get pretty jealous of David. 
David's kind of gotten himself into this posture of having so much respect and he's had these, these armies, victories of men that he's been leading and they've been having success and David is kind of elevating his level of leadership. And so Saul starts to get jealous and this is what it says in 1 Samuel 19 verse four. It says, Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, let not the king do wrong to his servant David. He has not wronged you and what he has done has benefited you greatly. Jonathan spoke well of David. When I'm looking at kind of my friends and the people that I, that I trust, like I have a lot of acquaintances and I have a lot of friends, but the people that I am like deeply rooted connection in a friendship, it's people that I could pretty much say anything to and they can say anything to me. And I know that there is a deep rooted level of respect and love and trust in what's being said. And in our lives, so often we find ourselves in these situations where people are talking negatively about us or about other people. And I would say to you today that as you're looking for committed friends in your life, you're looking for people that speak well of you, that aren't when you're not around bashing you and dragging your name through the mud. They're not people that are talking about you in one light in front of you and in another light behind you, you're looking for people that speak well of you. You're looking for people that talk about how kind you are and how much love they have for you. And the third attribute of a committed friend in this story that we're looking at today is a committed friend shows up. A committed friend shows up in our lives. They're there for the big moments. They're there for the small moments. You're looking for people in your life. If you wanna have someone that's committed to you, you wanna have people that are willing to show up in any situation. You wanna talk about someone that's a really, really good friend? Figure out who's the person that shows up when you're moving and you know like that person truly cares about you. Right, like when someone, you know someone like listed their house for sale or something, you like screen every call from that person for like the next three months, afraid that they're going to say to you like, hey, we finally sold our house. What are you doing Saturday? And you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have anything on my schedule. You like just start scheduling random things on your schedule for Saturdays every single Saturday because you're terrified, right? But a good friend, a committed friend is the guy that not only shows up or the girl that not only shows up when you're moving and in the moment that no one wants to show up, but they're also the person that like, they bring the pizza, right? Like that's the kind of friends you're looking for. Like they're committed to you that in the worst moments and there's, no much, there's not much fun in moving, but in the worst moments, in the lowest moments, in the hardest moments, they show up in your life for David and for Jonathan the relationship started to really hit some, some turmoil. So Jonathan's dad, Saul, becomes more and more and more and more envious of David and jealousy starts to brew inside of him and really hatred starts to brew inside of him to the point that Saul gets to the place where he's decided the best next step for him is to murder David. Like he's just gonna kill him. King Saul has gotten, the king of Israel has gotten so jealous of this shepherd boy turned soldier that he's gonna kill him off. And so there's this moment that David kind of finally realizes that this is what's going to happen. And he goes to Jonathan, he's like, hey, I gotta get out of town. Like, it's just not safe for me to be here anymore. Your dad wants to kill me. He's mad at me. He's angry at me. Like, I gotta get out of here before he actually does murder me. 
And so he, he tells Jonathan this and Jonathan just kind of struggles with it at first. He's like, I don't, I don't wanna believe that that's true of my dad. Like, I know he might be a little jealous of you, but I don't think he's gonna kill you. And David's like, no, like I can't come to dinner. I think your dad may kill me. And so they come up with this scheme, this, this plan that David's gonna go out and he's gonna hide in this field and Jonathan's gonna go in to have dinner with his dad. And if his dad asked him about where's David, he was supposed to be here, we saved a seat for David. Then I'm gonna tell him, you've already gone back to your home. There was an event at home that you had to go to. And if my dad is okay with it, then I'll come and I'll let you know that it's safe for you to come in and have dinner with us. But if my dad gets angry in that moment, then I'm gonna come out and I'm gonna warn you that you probably should flee because I do feel that my dad's gonna try to kill you. And so Jonathan goes in, has this conversation, and his dad gets so angry at the fact that David's not there and Jonathan, kind of heartbroken, he goes out. And the plan was that he was gonna take some, some arrows out of his quiver and he was gonna shoot them and he was gonna send one of his servant boys out into the field. And when he shoots this arrow, if his servant boy goes out and he goes past, or he shoots the arrow past where his servant boy is, he's gonna tell him, go further, keep going, go that way, it's further out. But if he shoots it short, then he's gonna tell him to come back. And what the signal to David was is if it's further away, that means you need to run, you need to flee. But if it's closer in, that means the sign to David of like, hey, it's safe for you to come back in. And so he goes, and I gotta imagine with a really heavy heart because of the fact that this means that his dad's trying to kill his best friend. He goes out and he shoots these arrows and he tells his servant boy, hey, go further. Go further out. You gotta go further letting him know that that means he needed to run away. But a committed friend shows up. I gotta imagine that David was sitting out in that field and hours felt like days and minutes felt like hours as he's waiting and anticipating. What is Jonathan going to do? Is he gonna show up? Has he forgotten about me? Where's he at? And he sees him come out onto this deck and he shoots these arrows and tells him to leave and it had to have been so gut-wrenching, heartbreaking. But he knew that he could count on his friend showing up. And so if you're sitting here today and you're like, man, that sounds amazing. I would give anything to have a friend that celebrates my victories. And I'd give anything to have a friend that, that speaks well of me I give anything to have a friend that shows up. Like, I don't feel like I have anybody. And in, in the last 12 months or so, the last 11 months of our, our existence here, I believe that we are dealing with the greatest level of depression and, and loneliness that we've ever experienced in our lifetime. People are lonely. We've been stuck at home. We've been trapped. We've been isolated at times. Maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, man, I would give anything. How do I get that friend? How do I have that kind of friend show up in my life? How do I have that kind of friend be a part of what I would do? And I would say this to you, and I say this to myself, and it's been so challenging to me over the last several days as I've finalized my sermon and message. But it's just this statement, be the kind of friend you're looking for. Be the kind of friend that you're looking for. If you want a friend that celebrates your victories, start celebrating other people's victories. 
Do you want a friend that's gonna celebrate you? Man, just find things in people and just start celebrating them like crazy. Like I'm not talking about like going up behind a random stranger and every time they do anything, you like pop like a graffiti grenade. Like that'd be weird. Like, woo, you like checked out at the grocery store. I'm not talking about that. But like someone that you're like, I've got a relationship with this person, but we're not really like connected and committed friends. And I feel like we could be. Man, start celebrating their victories in life. Celebrate when they do great things at home or in their marriage or with, with their family, in their professional career. Man, just start celebrating people. Be there for the big moments. Celebrate with people. If you want friends to celebrate your victories, be the kind of friend you're looking for and start celebrating other people. If you want friends that speak well of you, speak well of others. If you want friends that, man, all they say is great things about you, and I'm not talking about like made up stuff, but like they're not just digging you into the hole and they're not pushing you down, like they celebrate you. Like if you want friends that speak well of you, start speaking well of other people. Be positive, be encouraging, be uplifting. Every single time you hear anybody gossiping about anybody else, you walk away from the conversation. Because I'm not just talking about and referring to like you just speaking well of just the person that you're talking about. Like if I can be really honest for a second, like if I'm hanging out with a group of people or whatever and they just start dragging someone else's name in the mud, my assumption is, is that when I'm not around, they're doing the same to me. And so if you're someone who just finds yourself surrounded by people that are always gossiping about other people, get out of those situations. Because what you're gonna do is you're gonna dig yourself into this corner. You're gonna find yourself trapped in this spot that the only people you do life with are people that are constantly talking about other people. And newsflash, that probably means they're talking about you when you're not there. And so for me, for the friends that I choose to not be surface level, but like to really dig into my stuff, to be gut level honest with, I'm looking for people that are positively talking about other people. But people that I get on social media and they're just blasting someone because they believe different or look different or act different or think different or whatever. Man, that's not the person I wanna be friends with. Because the first time we have a disagreement and it's going to happen, my first thought is, is they're going on social media and they're just going to just lay everything out. If you find yourself wanting to go and just talk nasty about someone or post something or, or be a professional or an expert on everything, then you're not going to find people that want to come and that want to speak well of you because you're not speaking well of others. So if you want friends that speak well of you, be the kind of friends you're looking for and just start speaking well of others. Be the most positive person that you know. Be the most encouraging person on social media and there's not many of them. Don't post about the negative, just post about and lift up and encourage other people. If you wanna be the kind of friend you're looking for, show up for other people. Show up, have family funerals. Show up when life's tough, when they're sick and they're at home order them some food to get delivered to their house or go buy them some groceries and drop it at their front door. 
If you want to be the kind of friends you're looking for when they're moving, show up and be the guy that's got the pizza. Like, hey, I'm just here. Is there anything I can do? I got a bad back. Like, I'll carry every pillow out of the house. But showed up. You were there. If you're looking for a friend, be the kind of friend that you're looking for. There's a guy who's got a podcast that I started listening to about a year ago and it's been unbelievable and and he helps people and he talks through situations with people and and he allows them to call in and be really honest with them and and he spent years kind of counseling and working with with first responders in situations of of extreme grief and and so he walks these journeys with people and it's it's kind of open eyes to a bunch of different things but he talked about a time in his life that he and his wife were moving from one city to a new city and it wasn't like holly springs to canton like it was one big city in a state to another big city in a different state and they showed up and they didn't have any friends there they didn't have anybody to do life with there and so they went to a church and they finally found a church that they liked and they wanted to plug into. And then they found a couple of different small groups and they tried them and you know, one of them didn't work and they didn't like the people and the people were weird. So they went to another life group and they found a life group that they liked and that they wanted to plug into. And they found a couple of couples in that group that they wanted to do life with. And they invited those people over to their house and they're sitting there and they have dinner and the kids are playing. And once dinner was over and the kids were in another room, they had this really awkward conversation with this couple where two grown married adults with kids looked across the table to two other grown married adults with kids and they asked them, hey, will you guys be our friends? Like that's awkward, isn't it? Like as, as kids, that's acceptable. Like a kid's playing on the playground and it's acceptable to run up to another kid and say, hey, will you be my friend? Do you wanna go play with me? Like that's acceptable. But imagine being an adult and sitting with someone and asking them, hey, will you be my friend? And then they said, here's what that looks like. When you have a kid that gets sick in the middle of the night and you gotta go at 3 a.m. to the hospital, call us and we'll come to your house to sit with your other kids. But I expect to be able to do the same to you. I'm gonna be able to call you at 1.30 and you're gonna show up. Hey, when your kids get into sports league and they've got a game, give us a schedule. We're gonna show up because we wanna celebrate your family. We wanna be there for the big moments but I want you to come watch my kids play too. You don't have to come to every game, but I want you to cheer for my kids because I wanna be committed to you, but I gotta know that you're committed to me. What would your life look like if you had one or two of those conversations? Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, I'm desperate for someone to be committed to a friendship with me that I can be honest with, that I can trust, that I can pour my heart and soul out to that I can laugh and watch a sports game with, but that shows up for the big moments, that talks well of me. What if you found somebody in your G group? What if you found somebody that you just see from afar and you have so much respect for them and you just walked up to them and said, I wanna, I wanna take you to breakfast. I wanna, get you, I wanna get a cup of coffee with you. And you sat down and you humbled yourself and you just told them, hey, I wanna be your friend. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day, and God bless.